Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit, and they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Fresh Takes. This is Amy. Today, I'm talking to Mother Gopi Gita. She is the founder of Leadership Parenting, author of the book Leadership Parenting, and vice principal at TKG Academy, an independent private school which provides a college preparatory education rooted in the spiritual traditions of India. With two decades of experience, Mother Gopi Gita has impacted over a thousand children and guided hundreds of parents in the paths of authentic parenting and leadership. Welcome, Mother Gopi. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here with you, Amy. I look forward to this discussion. I love your podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Well, let's start with your own childhood. Your father was a Brahmin priest and a missionary. So tell our listeners what that means to be born into a Brahmin family. Yeah, wow, you know a bit about me. I was born and raised in the northeast of the United States, born in Chicago, and moved to Detroit, where we had a beautiful community based around Bhakti principles, which is a a tradition in India. And my dad was actually a dentist. He had three clinics that he had opened and was leading, and he gave it up to become a full-time missionary when I was a when I was a little girl. So we started our days at the temple and then we went to school. We had meditation starting from 4:30 in the morning. Every morning I did meditation for 2 hours, 3 hours with the services at the temple until I was about 19 years old. So tell us about bhakti yoga. It's a I know a lot about yoga. I think I do, but I don't know what makes bhakti yoga its own form of yoga. Yes. So bhakti yoga is basically everything you do, eating, sleeping, driving, taking care of your kids becomes is offered in service to God. And so yoga is specifically like exercises and movements that are offered to the divine. Bhakti yoga extends it to every single task using all of your senses. All of your tasks become an act of loving service to the divine, the universe, whoever you may call that, you know, special energy in your life that connects you with God. So this was a tradition that you grew up in. I mean, every day you were living it and you sort of allude in the book to the high levels of service and leadership that being in a Brahmin family puts on your shoulders in a very positive way. You are expected to become a leader as you grow. Yes. So the, for me personally, The best definition of leadership is what I heard at St. Mark's School here in Texas, a very reputable school, Colin Ego, the head of the school, the head of the upper school. He had coined a phrase that I just, it totally called to me. Leadership is when 
you are working towards the common good of everyone involved, not the one bossing people around, telling people to do things that they don't want to do, pushing them, punishing them. It's more seeing the needs of everyone and making policies and asking and helping in tasks to help everyone's needs be met. So for me, that's leadership. And that's what we learned in the Brahmin culture. It's a very different, in some ways, very unwestern way to look at leadership, right? Not the one in charge, you're the one who's most of service, you're the one who's most there to help other people get what they need. Yes. So I'm part of a group of thought leaders, even in America, that are seeking to normalize leadership. Leadership isn't just that, you know, the CEO of the company. Leadership can be the mom volunteer of the PTA who's staying back after an event and cleaning up the dishes, moving the chairs back. You know, leadership is just how can I help the common goal? And so in America, the other thing I think we kind of lead with is we want our kids to be happy, whatever that means. We just want them to be happy. And I haven't always put into words that I want my kids to be leaders. Of course, it would make me happy if they were leaders. But is leadership and happiness, are those connected? To be a leader is to be fulfilled? Yes, I love that question, Amy. Like I've never been asked that question. Is leadership and happiness connected is what you're asking. Leadership is also self-leadership. Looking inside to seeing what am I here for? What makes me matter? How am I going to matter? Not just to my family and my friends and the outside world and recognition and prestige and all that, but what makes me matter internally? And when you find that sweet spot, you know, Maslow calls it self-actualization. When you find that place where you're just called, that's where happiness arises. I was just talking to a cousin of mine and she's finally realized after, you know, half a century that she is here to help animals. So she's opened up a bunch of animal sanctuaries in India and her family is like, oh, this is weird. Like you're just taking care of animals. (laughs) But she's opened up animal sanctuaries. And I was talking to another friend, Andrea, who's working with my leadership parenting coaching space. And she was talking about how a mom friend of hers saw that her child is super called to digging up stuff from the ground. And she herself found her happy space when she was in Africa looking at fossils. Everybody has their a reason why you're here and it's different for everyone. My 19-year-old loves to tinker with his 1991 Mazda. It's like a little toy red car, two-seater, and he's out in the driveway underneath it tinkering with it. And my older one loved to read. You know, there's like each person is here for a specific reason. And leadership parenting, the steps and the levels of leadership parenting is to help you get your child to that state. And what's so amazing is that as you implement these strategies, really holistic strategies, you find that space for yourself as well. And so it's like the child guides the parent and the parent guides the child is this beautiful, harmonious relationship where both groups are getting to their happy spot and leading themselves. So let's talk about leadership parenting. It is both, I mean, I'm just starting to understand it from reading the book. It's both parent as leader, guiding the child towards their own true leadership and being led by the child and the child's inner strength. It's not the parent in charge or the child in charge. It's this very, I want to say yin yang. That's not the bhakti word for it, but it is a very holistic way of these things working together. So explain to us what you mean when you say leadership parenting. So leadership parenting is helping empower your child with first fulfilling their three core needs, making sure they have happy friendships. That's the need of connection. 
allowing them to do the tasks and be excited about the tasks they need to do, folding their laundry, putting that bowl of empty bowl of cereal milk back in the sink, getting good grades and moving into a space of accomplishments. Like, wow, I'm really good at piano. I'm going to stick through this piano practice that I've got to do because this is where my sweet spot is, even if there's challenges. And so you move through the three core needs. The first core need is connection. The second is free will and agency. And the third is accomplishments or achievements, the sense of satisfaction that I did it. And when you move through all those, you get to your purpose state. Dharma is called in the Bhakti tradition. Once you understand your purpose and you know how to fulfill your core needs, once a parent helps a child get to their purpose state, it can happen as easily as four, as seven, as it's not a linear thing. It's more like a cyclical process. Then you can start understanding the needs of others. Once you have had, even as a mom, once you have had time where your feelings have been understood, then you'll be able to understand the feelings of someone else. So naturally, you begin to show empathy, you step into collaboration. And when you're in collaboration, and you are like, understanding others needs, understanding your own needs, that's when real leadership comes about. John Mackey calls it win, win, win. He's the CEO of Whole Foods. He has a beautiful book and he calls it win, win, win leadership. The Sanskrit, the ancient Sanskrit term for it is Sankirtan, which means everybody together in their self-actualized space, making change. You know, you think Martin Luther King, you think, you know, all the big greats, Mother Teresa. So I can and I have and it's blowing up and it's been so phenomenal to be a part of this and to watch this transformation in so many kids and so many parents. And we're stepping now also into the teacher space to help kids do this in classrooms. Any parent with any challenge they, you know, you come to the parents come to me with my God, my kids fighting with their friends. My kid can't focus at their schoolwork. They're getting bad grades. Like I'm tired of the screen time. I'm tired of the nagging and the yelling. At any stage, you can identify what core needs are missing, implement some of the simple strategies in the book and work on your own childhood angst as during that process. Because a lot of the strategies are difficult to do if you're like stuck in your own reactivity, your own frustration. So you work together with your frustration and your child's frustration, and then move up those levels into leadership. We're talking to Mother Gopi Gita, the founder of Leadership Parenting, and we'll be right back. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew And believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro (laughs) aunt at this point. Our family has seen a lot of babies. And as soon as they start standing or walking... I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get into. You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout 
barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. More and more, you hear about the importance of electrolytes as part of staying hydrated because you need the sodium and the potassium, not just the water. And whether you're looking to hydrate during a workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing and without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. They're little packets you can just grab and take with you to mix into your water bottle on the go. My favorite flavor so far, Amy, gotta be the cherry pomegranate. Interesting. My high schooler likes the lemon lime, and she keeps a few handy in her backpack for days that she has practiced after school. These electrolytes have the sodium and the potassium that you need to go with it in the optimal ratio for daily hydration. Visit sportsresearch.com and use code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's sportsresearch, S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate electrolytes order. Mother Gopi, in the first segment, you were talking about these three basic needs that become the sort of guiding principles for how we move through leadership parenting. And I wanted to move through each one in a little more detail because I think they're very useful and they're both familiar and new. And these ideas actually come from bhakti texts that are thousands of years old. Yes, yes, they do. And it's been so phenomenal to like apply what I learned in my childhood and to see that they go beyond the psychological gurus of the 60s and the 70s, Eric Erickson's, William Adler's, they all go to a certain point, but the bhakti texts describe an even more deep understanding of the core needs. So the first need is sambandha. Sambandha means the need to connect. So belonging, acceptance, friendships, when you feel that you matter, 
when a girl comes home and says, my friends are having a birthday party and they didn't invite me. The pain that arises, the inability to solve it. The parent's pain that arises, the parent doesn't know now what to do. The pain of remembering your own experience, your own moments of not belonging and not mattering, right? They come into play. Yes. And so that's when connection is broken. A child who has a high need of connection will be that one who's always clinging to be with you, who wants to sit with you. There's a beautiful little girl I know who's five, who every time she sees you, she'll touch my face and she'll be like, I love you. <laughs> That's someone who has like a high need of connection, whose superpower is connection. I can now that I've been working on this for um, so long, I can even tell with adults whose superpower is connection, whose superpower is um, Bidea space. So anyways, the first space is Sambanda or connection. Can I ask a question about that? Yeah, go ahead. I'm just curious because as you're saying this, so the goal isn't necessarily more connection. The goal is to meet the needs, the connectivity needs of your child. So you might have a child that likes to be alone and you might have a child that always wants to be at your side. It's about meeting that child's needs. Exactly, exactly. Because a child, there may be a child that's not, you know, is more of a, an introvert who doesn't have a need for people and connection who gets, who loses energy by being around people. So their Abidea space, the Abidea is the second need, their free will agency space or their accomplishments, that might be more there. You know, they may have more needs in those areas. And so to become in touch with you by observing a lot of the courses, just observing and placing in observations to become really aware and in touch with your child's needs and how they flow and dance with each other. And this is so, I mean, we're not always looking at it through these bhakti principles, but these are things that we talk about over and over on this podcast. We just had Jennifer Wallace on talking about achievement pressure, toxic achievement culture. And the point of her book, the sort of antidote to that is mattering. She talked about the concept of mattering as being the antidote to all of that. And so this is, it's the most basic need. Does this need have to be met first? Is this like the bottom of the pyramid? Okay, so you have to be connected and belonging before you can evolve further. Okay. And it's a beautiful, you, I mean, that's an, in, an incredible example because a lot of moms come to me, like they want their kids to win competitions and get in, get trophies. And like, why can't they like showcase how amazing they are and step into leadership? You know, leadership parenting means it's high achievers that are coming to me. And so we start off at the bare minimum at the basic, well, let's figure out, like, are you aware of what your child enjoys? Do you know your child is are you connected to your child? Is your child feeling connected to you? And so we'll start there with the strategies. And the strategies in the connection space are empathic communication. The bhakti process starts with shravanam, which is hearing, and kirtanam, which is speaking. And it's, you know, Adele Faber is super famous. I actually read her book when I was nine. <laughs> and how to talk so your kids can listen and how to listen so your kids can talk. And so I've distilled, I've taken nonviolent communication, empathic communication. I mean, ever since I was 16, we were taking communication courses and I've distilled it down to a really, really simple, two simple processes, what words to avoid and what words to speak. And they're magic. They're just magic. So we practice them every day. Anyone who signs up for the course comes into our group and we practice it. They practice it every day. That in and of itself is strong enough to get you all the way past every other stage. It's a foundational principle is the, um, the connection strategies. Okay. So we get to that connection and we know that our child's connection needs are being met when what? When they don't get stuck when there's a conflict. So, you know, a little girl was in the playground and she's digging in the dirt with a little stick and she's thinking, I'm going to make a garden. She was like five and a half. And another friend comes in and takes another stick and starts digging with her. 
And the first little girl, let's call her a Jessica. Jessica's like, oh, why are you sticking your stick in my area? That's not fair. Like, I'm trying to do it. You're messing it up. The second little girl gets frustrated, upset, and walks away crying. That's a broken connection. You could say it's broken connection on both sides, but let's think about it from the perspective of the second little girl. If she had a met connection need, if she knew that she was valuable and she mattered, which her parents can provide her by following this strategy, she would say, oh, okay, let me do this instead. Or why don't we do that instead? It wouldn't crush her and crumble her. But because her needs aren't met and because her parents don't have the confidence as to what do you say when your child comes home because a parent's needs of connection aren't met, you know, they go back, mom goes back to her childhood and is like, oh my God, yeah, that sucked. I don't know how to help my daughter through this because this is bringing out my own pain from my own childhood. So I guide and help a parent guide their child. It's like a two level process into let's know internally that you're okay and you matter. When you know you matter, then you can go back to the problem with, oh, I see that you're upset that I'm digging in your space. You can understand that. Maybe a five-year-old's not going to have the words to do that, but oh, okay, I can modify it because I know my needs are important and her needs are important and we can modify this and fix this. That's when we know the connection need is met. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, so let's move on to the second set of needs, which are free will and agency. Yes, it's called Abideya, and I love the word Abideya. You know, those of us who have different languages, grew up with different languages, we we struggle to find the English words to fit that particular word. But Abideya is movement, it's practice, it's action. It's action-oriented connection is emotions. And this free will and agency is this feeling that with my body, I can do work, I can do it. When your child is your you know, four-year-old is trying really hard to tie their shoe shoelaces and they're stuck on it, but they're just like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I remember that so well with my, and some kids have a stronger need to be the one to do it. You see this really strong Abidea free will and agency comes up really strong from two to five and 12 to 15. Pre-adolescence and adolescence. Uh, that's so smart. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. And say more about that. That's so fascinating. Yeah. So at 12 to 15, you know, kids are just saying no to everything you want them to do. Maybe they're not directly saying no, but their entire being is like, I need to figure out who I am. I'm about to be an adult and I have to find my agency and my free will, which means I have to reject my parents for a bit. And this is a biological process. And as parents, it crushes us, you know, it's like, it's so hardcore. It's so intense. Later on, you get used to it when your kid's 17 and 18 and 20, you've already gotten used to it, but it hits really strong, usually around 12 and 13. And it can be very painful. And you can start seeing like, they don't want anything to do with me. There's more arguments in the house. There's more defiance. And it's the same thing people call the terrible twos, but it's not terrible twos. It is literally what a two-year-old needs to do in order to fulfill and fill that core need of agency. Some other parenting programs call it the control bucket. The beautiful thing about Bhakti is that it understands that children are inherently good. And this power bucket or this control bucket, it's not a negative need that they're trying to fulfill, that they're trying to lord it over, control people or have power. No, it's that they're trying to engage their free will and they're trying to step into agency. What am I here for? Who am I? And what can I say I can do? And so, okay. Yeah. We're talking to Mother Gopi Gita, founder of Leadership Parenting. We'll be right back. 
Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health, and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, Hellions. You know we listen to a lot of podcasts that aren't our own. And today we want to tell you about a podcast that really speaks to us and will speak to any parent of a child with special education needs. The podcast is called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. One of my kids has an IEP, and I found this podcast so validating and so helpful. I feel better equipped to advocate for my child's educational needs now. This podcast is helpful for parents in many different situations, whether your child already has an IEP or you're just starting to wonder if they might need extra support in the classroom. Juliana has content for kids of all ages and for kids who are learning English as an additional language as well. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. So once our children's needs for free will and agency are met, then we can move on to the third set of needs. Yes, the third set of needs is called prayogena. Prayogena means achievement. So sambanda or connection, the first set of needs is I matter, I am seen. The second set of needs is like, I can do it. That this knowing, this confidence that I can do it. And Priyogena is like, I did it. Like this feeling that like, wow, I came full circle. There's some beautiful Sanskrit verses. Om Purnam Adapurnimadam of completion, of satisfaction that comes from completion, of just this fullness that you get in your heart when you're done with a task that you really worked hard towards. There's also emptiness sometimes that comes with doing tasks. And so in the prayogenous space or the last space, the accomplishment achievement space, we work with identifying, okay, you worked for three months to do that piano recital and dance at that particular ballet performance. And how are you feeling now? Like, how's your child feeling? Are they feeling like satisfied? Like, yay, they got this and they're ready for more. Or are they feeling empty and like they just wasted a bunch of time and they don't know what's next? And so this third need is when we really churn that. What are you here in this world for? What is really going to fill you? 
Are you doing something because your parents are pushing you to do it? So we work with the parents. Is your child satisfied in this? What are the signs of their satisfaction? And what are other avenues you could, you know, start working towards so that they're satisfied? That makes so much sense to me as to having two kids in college that looking for the signs of satisfaction in them that are separate from, I really think you should sign up for this club or that club. I'm, I am supposed to lovingly detach and let them become who they want to be. And their satisfaction with who they are is my main happiness, becomes my main happiness at that point. But it's once the, so these basic needs are met, these three levels of needs. And so it's once the third need has been met, then the child becomes ready to sort of, who am I? What does motivate me? Why am I here? I see. Yes, the who am I is the core of the next phase, which is dharma. Dharma is the intrinsic, it's translated as the intrinsic quality of the soul, that each of us have this intrinsic, unique personality that there is no other kind of me that's completely one of a kind. And meeting these three needs helps that develop. And what's interesting is that it's not linear. I love that you brought in your boys because you had told me that they were older. Mine are as well. They're, you know, 21 and 19. We have the same age kids. And this is when career aspirations, you know, like you'll get a degree in electrical engineering and you'll become a writer, you know, like this. And that's what the world is. <laughs> I was nowadays. one of those. <laughs> yeah. Very few people actually, you know, figure out their career, who they're meant to be. I'm sorry, I'm the vice principal of a school, but you know, our education system isn't geared towards helping kids find out their purpose. It's like, this is the way the world is going and you got to fit in that box. And if you're not in that box, then it's going to take your entire 20s and 30s to try and figure out who you are. The beauty of leadership parenting is we do that through the child's teenagers so that by the time they hit 20, 22, 25, they're already starting to navigate. Okay, wait, that didn't work. That didn't work. Who am I? Who am I? And then they can hit the ground running because when you know who you are, then you could start bringing in others and really making your mark on the world. So is there a point where you reach Dharma and then do you just get to exist there or do you sometimes fall back into dysregulation and you work these stages again? It's constant. You can see points of Dharma in a child when they're six, when they're three, when they're eight, but it's a matter of the guide helping the parent or the teacher, helping the child see these signs and communicating them. To the child, like as simple, something as simple as I see you brought the groceries in that shows me you're responsible. That's my love boost strategy. That shows the child that, oh, okay, I'm responsible. Then you say something like, wow, your fingers are dancing on the piano. You're really artistic or you're really musically inclined. It doesn't even have to be said with the really. You're musically inclined. It helps the child identify, okay, these are the things that I'm good at. Then the child themselves will start identifying, okay, perhaps I can go down that way or go down that way. Once purpose or dharma develops, you have an anchor. So even if you lose it because of like the not self or because of what we call um, other factors come in, illness, pain, abuse, and that helps you like that cuts up your needs again, you need to fill those needs and then get back to your dharma state, your purpose state. There was a lovely exercise in the book for the parent sort of entering this work that I thought I never did this, but I wish that I had, that you asked the parents who are starting this work to be really intentional about naming the fears they have for their child, the things that they see their child struggling with, and really naming the struggles and what worries them about those struggles. So why do that exercise and what happens once parents do that? Oh, I love this question, Amy. And I love, like, I love that you read my book. Like, that you... <laughs> I love my research. <laughs> 
and took some time for that. I'm so honored by that. So we have I quit moments. We call them I quit moments. Those times where you're just like, oh my God, this baby's screaming his head off. And I'm really sorry. Maybe I shouldn't even say this out loud on a podcast, but I want to throw my baby in the trash can. I can't do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, we've got those moments. Everybody's got those moments where you're just like screaming and pulling your hair out. And then it may not even be that. It may just be like you're going to bed at night and you're feeling so worried about that friend that hurt your child that you don't know what to do about it. Whatever the I quit moment looks like, examining that, observing it, feeling into it. As soon as you are in touch with your feelings and the emotional space is so important in the bhakti practice, as soon as you are able to deeply tie into what you're feeling and release that, then now you're able to go to guide your child or help your child or communicate with your child with a lot more of a in touch with them response because you have cleared out your own emotions about it. Now you can be a mirror to them and you can reflect what their needs are. So there's a few reasons why I ask parents to do that. Also, every single parent, according to the parents' needs, are going to be affected by different things with their kids, you know, in different ways. I have friends who could like, are really not affected by their babies crying. Like, oh, they're just communicating. Oh, it's okay. They're getting in the car seat and it is what it is and it sucks, but we're going to keep it moving. But maybe more affected if they're their five-year-old got like a D on, you know, a grade. And I'm like, okay, well, he's five. It's really not that big of a deal. But for them, it's a really big deal because their need perhaps is more accomplishment and less of the connection space. And so it also helps me as the coach to identify what strategies do they need to spend more time on? In which space do they need more? And to help them realize that, that, okay, if I have a problem... I figure out my problem. I figure out which space it falls into. And then I go according, look at those strategies and apply those strategies. So it's a real logical way to solve parenting problems. Yes. These three stages, I've been thinking about them for myself. And that's also a parenting approach, right? I'm having a bad day or or my needs for connection not being met, right? Is my spouse out of town and I need to call my friend for 10 minutes before I deal with dinner and bath time. We can figure that out, right? How to move through these stages ourselves. Mother Gopi, tell our listeners where they can find you, your work, your book, your coaching, all of the things. Leadershipparenting.com has, you know, information, get in touch with me there. I've got podcasts up there. I've got some free resources. I have a course, online course for parents. It's a beginner's course. And then we move into intermediate and advanced for those who are interested. And all of that information is on leadershipparenting.com. My book is up on Amazon, Leadership Parenting, Empower Your Child's Social Success. You can also get a free version, free PDF of it on my website. I also post regularly on Instagram. So check out my Instagram handle, Leadership Parenting. I will put the links to all of that in the show notes for this episode. Mother Gopi, thank you so much for talking to me today. All right. Thank you, Amy. Such a pleasure. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. 
model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks.